What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's April 12, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 118. In this episode, I'll talk about avoiding muscle loss when you're cutting weight, and then I'll talk about how you can deal with pain in the Achilles, which can just be the most debilitating thing ever, so that's something to be cautious about. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter, at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the easiest things you can do to be more healthy is very simple. It's to drink more water. Now, it sounds so simple and it works, but it can be difficult seeing how most people do underconsume it. Water is important for pretty much everything that's living on this planet. For us specifically, it helps with so many functions within the body, even to the point of preventing headaches, fatigue, low energy. You could just go on and on. If we're talking about weight management, water will fill up your stomach more, plain and simple. It's something you can drink that's zero calories that also helps with regular digestion. Something that typically happens is that we actually mistake thirst for hunger. Or, yeah, thirst for hunger. Most of the time, when that feeling of hunger starts to kick in, you immediately go and grab some food. Now, they've done some studies on this, actually, that show that up to 40% of the time you think you're hungry you're actually just thirsty. Again, zero calories to drink water. Okay, but it tastes so plain. If that's what you're thinking, then that's probably because you've hijacked your brain to only crave sugary or more flavorful drinks, which isn't the worst thing ever, but you're just really loading up the body with excess sugar if that's a regular habit. And that just means more calories, and over time, more calories means more added weight, and that could turn to body fat. If you're not using that energy, it'll store itself onto you where you don't want it to be. Now, moving on to how water can help with your energy levels. Strength output is a lot better if you're properly hydrated. I noticed this myself for sure, especially since I'm a person who likes to work out in the mornings. If there's a morning where I just forget to drink like at least 500 milliliters before a workout, I immediately notice once I start my workout that I just feel weaker. It's actually quite a difference when I start the workout having already had some water compared to days where I forget. And of course, drinking more water will cause your skin to just look and feel better. This podcast isn't just about lifting weights all the time. We're even talking about skin health on here. Water helps hydrate the skin, which means more glow, less wrinkles, that sort of thing. And it's actually funny I say all of this because I'm the one that's been slacking off lately. And that's why I'm reminding everyone to do it. I've been noticing I haven't been drinking enough water too. I'll go through half my workout and realize that I haven't even had any water yet. So if you're not drinking enough water, one of the best things you can do is get yourself a big jug and just chug that throughout the day, sip on that, instead of just counting how many of those plastic water bottles you can go through in a day. 
Pay attention to your water intake and you should notice improvements when it comes to performance and strength in the gym, better looking skin, improvements in digestion, and just overall a healthier life and it should rejuvenate how you feel throughout the day. Very likely that'll give you more energy. Anyways, okay, so this past week has just been a blur to me. Work has been really busy, but that is a good thing. I start at 5 a.m. pretty much every day during the week now, which is what I wanted, but I also end late every day too. So I don't really have time for anything social, you know, social related during the week, but I have the majority of the weekends off and my Fridays I end super early. So I guess that's cool. I'm going to grind it out for this year though, but I'm also going to give myself some time during the week in the middle of the day to enjoy the summer. The thing is, now that I'm a typical corporate personal trainer, I have to pretty much do split shifts. So I got to work the mornings if people prefer working before a normal workday. And I also have to be around for the afternoon shift when people are going to the gym after work. The typical uh, rush hour time of the gyms from like 4 to 8 p.m. So in the middle of my day, that's where it's hard to bring up the clientele, but I'm making it work right now. And now I just have to wait for better weather and for this damn finger to heal. I think this this week is supposed to be really good in terms of weather, where at least where I live. My finger was looking good earlier this week until I accidentally bashed it on the seated calf machine and I just sat there holding my finger in the gym trying not to cry for like a minute. So that probably set me back another week in the whole recovery process. That only happened because I forgot my splint at home that day and I wasn't being careful enough. I can't even type properly. That's how injured my finger is. And golf season is like kicking off this week, actually. So I got to start this rehab process soon. There is still some swelling with my finger. I'm excited for this season of golf, though, whenever I can get out there. Some of my clients golf, so it'll be cool if I could do that with some of them this year. I didn't get to practice nearly as much as I wanted to this off-season, but that's fine. I've been practicing my rotation work for the past few weeks, but, I mean, that's basically it. Um, okay, so what else? Oh, yeah, so I did end up watching John Wick 4 this past week. Of course, I watched it on a Tuesday because it was less than $10, and that was after I went to a little breakfast spot. I had some time to kill that day. The movie was pretty good. Plot doesn't matter and a lot of action, which was expected. I don't think I've been to the movie since Top Gun, which is also pretty good, regardless that the main plot of the story was stolen from Star Wars. But can I just say that it's just ridiculous how expensive movie tickets have gotten over the years. It's like $16 for a movie. So that's why I had to go on a Tuesday. I'm glad they still do those cheap uh, movie days. Other than that, I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Training is still going well, despite the finger issue. I did one of those in-body scans that breaks down like muscle mass, body fat percentage, all of that stuff. And even with my injury, I've managed to add a bit of muscle this past month while reducing body fat, which is a good sign. The only thing to complain about was that like my right to left imbalance now. Yeah, my right side is just a lot stronger than my left because my left is like handicapped. I've officially started cutting also, which is why we have this first topic coming up here, which has a bit to do with that. I've still been focused on getting stronger on some chest machines I can still use. I still have to do the straight arm pulldowns for back, mainly, along with some seated rows while I'm strapped in. 
Can't really grip anything yet, but I can actually hold myself for a dead hang now, so I'm seeing slight improvements with my finger. Not as quick of a recovery as I hoped, though. Legs I'm still managing to do, along with the good old core work. My training is pretty boring right now, I just can't wait to start benching again. That's the one exercise that I miss the most, along with deadlifting, actually. Question 1. Avoiding muscle loss while cutting. Now that springtime is approaching, this is a big one that's going to be important leading up to the summer here. If you're planning on cutting for the summer, that means losing some weight so that you can have your beach body ready. Now, yeah, you could just cut your calories, eat in a deficit to lose weight with a bunch of cardio, but one of your main goals should be to simultaneously lose weight while not losing muscle. So losing more body fat while keeping on as much muscle as possible. That way, your muscles pop when the sun's out and your shirt's off, right? Losing weight while maintaining muscle mass is a common goal for bodybuilders and anyone who really just wants to cut or lean down. However, the process of losing weight, aka cutting, can be challenging as it often involves a calorie deficit that may lead to muscle loss if you don't do it properly. Now, some muscle loss will be normal since you are going to be losing weight, but it shouldn't be an excessive amount unless you do something drastic. So I'll go through some strategies to help avoid muscle loss when you're cutting weight. Obviously, and we'll touch on this later, you need to keep working out. So keep up the resistance and strength training, of course. Just Don't just do a bunch of cardio to lose weight because that's going to guarantee that you'll lose more muscle than you probably want to. And I'll circle back to this later too. There's a few things you need to keep in mind when you're trying to cut or lose weight while maintaining as much muscle as possible. First off, you need to do it as slow as you can. That means first giving yourself enough time to actually lose the weight you need to and give yourself some extra time too, just in case there's some bumps in the road along the way, you know, cheat days, off weeks, stuff like that. Right now, it's the first or second week of April. Ideally, losing one to two pounds per week, depending on how much weight you need to lose, would be best. That way you're not starving yourself for the next few months just to hit some weight you have in your head or some goal body fat percentage. Give or take, there's nine weeks until June. So realistically, you should be able to cut down 10 to 20 pounds possibly, depending on your current body comp. If you're looking to cut more than that, maybe 50 pounds or something crazy, you'll have to do drastic measures and you should have started earlier, honestly. So maybe temper expectations, make your goals realistic. If you're looking to maintain as much muscle mass as possible, you need to also have a gradual calorie deficit. One of the most important strategies to avoid muscle loss during weight loss is to create this gradual calorie deficit. This coincides with my last point, when it comes to doing it as slow as you can. Being in a deficit just means consuming fewer calories than your body burns. That's what gets you weight loss at the most basic level. A good place to start would be a 300 to 500 calorie deficit, and any further than that could mean more muscle loss than you want. So any real sudden or severe reduction in calorie intake can lead to more muscle loss. This is why I'm recommending that 300 to 500 calorie deficit daily. This should do a good job when it comes to losing weight while trying to keep on as much muscle as possible. Another factor also having to do with the food you're eating, simply eating more protein would help the process of keeping on muscle while losing weight. Protein is one of those essential nutrients that plays a big role when it comes to building and preserving muscle mass. 
When you're cutting weight, it's essential to maintain a high protein intake. This helps to support muscle growth and repair. When you're in a deficit, you should be eating anywhere from a gram of protein per body weight in pounds, and you can even slightly go above that if you really want to. So if you're 150 pounds, try to eat 150 grams of protein. If that seems like a lot, just shoot for that number and do your best to get as much as you can. If you really want to maximize the amount of muscle you keep on, eating more protein is always a good idea, but there is an upper limit. If your meal portions or proportions start to affect your digestion, then maybe that's when you should uh, start to change it up. The protein intake will also help in terms of satiety, so it'll keep you more full throughout the day. In terms of exercise, of course you need to be resistance training, obviously something with weights. Resistance training is another critical strategy to avoid muscle loss when cutting weight. This could mean bodybuilding style, even powerlifting style will help. Any kind of training where you're doing reps in like a 3 to 15 rep range, maybe even up to 20, that's going to be great when it comes to maintaining muscle mass. During weight loss, it's essential to continue resistance training that gives your body the signal that it needs to keep that muscle on your body because of those demands you're placing on it. Aim to hit all of your body parts two to four times a week and every few weeks or months, switch out the rep ranges that you're doing so that kind of prevents your body from adapting to one style of training. Give yourself something new to adapt to. Something that will help when it comes to achieving that calorie deficit is doing some amount of cardiovascular exercise. That could mean more walking, running, cycling, more steps throughout the day, whatever something that'll keep your heart rate up for an extended period of time. Any more movement can result in more calories burned throughout the day, but you have to be careful though, because like I said earlier, an excessive amount of cardio can lead to muscle loss. To avoid this, I think it would be a good idea to limit your cardio sessions to like 30 to 60 minutes per session, three to five times per week as a general rule if you're doing low intensity steady state cardio. If you can handle it, Hit cardio, high intensity cardio could help you keep on muscle mass because of the fact that you're doing quick bursts for a short amount of time followed up with a lower intensity bout. That means you're using more muscle. There's more muscle recruitment when you're doing hit cardio. If you're already a pretty fit individual, you might want to try out doing some hit cardio sometimes. This helps with achieving that calorie deficit and the cardio will help keep your heart health up. You have to find a good balance here though. If you're looking to cut 300 net calories out of your day, maybe that just means only cutting down on eating 150 calories, which isn't much at all, along with 150 calories on cardio, give or take. Now, those machines at the gym may not be completely accurate, but it's at least something to go by. So the best piece of advice when it comes to cutting weight while keeping your muscle mass for the summer, in terms of diet, a slight calorie deficit, possibly increasing the protein intake, that helps you stay more full while also maintaining the muscle you already have. It's still very good to train hard. Energy levels may be down at times, but it's still good to train hard in the gym with weights. Cardio will help you cut weight, but you don't want to overdo it because that's what actually could cause you to lose more muscle than you'd like. Question two, what to do with pain in your Achilles? Having pain, or even worse, an injury in your Achilles could be detrimental in your regular day-to-day -day life. This makes moving around on your feet difficult, depending on how serious the injury is, of course. The Achilles, in case you don't know, it's that tendon in the back of your lower leg. 
right where your heel is, right up to the calf. Specifically in athletes, this injury can be tough to overcome because of how much power you generate using the legs and this tendon specifically. We've seen many athletes suffer from these injuries. Usually they're never the same as they were before the injury. It was basically the end of Kobe's career when he had his Achilles injury. It's ended many careers. And Kevin Durant has been dealing with it ever since he injured it in the finals. That's why it's so important to understand the cause and seek appropriate treatment to further uh, to prevent further injury and for it to heal properly or as best as it can. Some causes of Achilles pain uh, can be caused by a variety of factors, including overuse of the Achilles. This could lead to micro tears, inflammation, pain. One of my clients was experiencing this sort of pain lately, which is what triggered this topic in the first place. She was someone who did a lot of speed walking, running, jumping, and sprinting because she's pretty athletic and into sports. I went through a lot of things to see what could be the main cause. First off, we had to tone down the intensity of our exercises. I told her she had to take some time off. Tough pill to swallow there for some. A few things we went through were stretching out the calf muscles, some foam rolling and mobility work helps there too. Even doing the tibialis anterior doesn't hurt either. That's the front of the shin. We also looked at the types of shoes she wore. I didn't think that was a problem for her specifically, but that could be a part of the problem for you. Who knows? She also didn't want to hear it, but age could also play a factor here. She's in her mid-50s now, so I had to warn her about her increased chance of injury just because of her age. In terms of treatment, we already talked about giving it a rest for a bit. That helped a bit when it came to the amount of pain she was feeling. I don't always recommend ice, but that could help depending on the severity. But what would help more would be proper stretching and strengthening exercises when she was ready to do them. Specifically the calves, basically everything in the lower body would be beneficial. You could get orthotics. Now these should never be used permanently. You shouldn't have to rely on a crutch to fix this kind of issue unless something major has happened to your foot or something like that. They should always be temporary. You should always be working on moving better in your bare feet. Training that way would be best. Don't rely on these crutches, but they could be used temporarily during your training. Proper footwear should be worn, again, unless you're training barefoot, which isn't viable for 100% of people also. Don't train in your running shoes if you're looking to squat. There's just too much cushion in the sole, and this could cause your weight to shift unevenly during the squat movement, which could cause pain. In severe cases, surgery may be required to repair or remove damaged tissue from the Achilles tendon. However, surgery is typically reserved for cases where other forms of treatments have already failed or for, uh, for individuals with severe tendon ruptures. Of course, taking care of the area is something that everybody should do, so we have to talk about how you can prevent Achilles pain from happening in the first place, or at least ways that will give you the best chances to avoid injury and pain in the area. You want to train safely, always, and one of the best things you can do is gradually increase the intensity and duration of exercise, particularly high-impact activities such as running and jumping, avoiding sudden increases in physical activity or sudden changes to your workout routine. Of course, stretching and warming up properly before exercise, that's definitely needed, so have your fair share of rest days also. To sum it all up, Achilles pain that can be a debilitating condition that can limit physical activity that impacts quality of life in a bad way, negative way. Understanding the causes and treatment options for Achilles pain is important for preventing further injury and to promote the healing process. 
If you are experiencing Achilles pain, speak with, I don't know, maybe your healthcare provider to determine the best course of action for your needs individually. Uh, Maintaining a healthy body weight, that's a huge factor that could help to reduce stress on the lower leg muscles and joints, which could be a factor if you feel most types of aches and pains throughout the body. And that concludes episode 118 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.